This podcast is sponsored by FAT, F-A-T-T, a range of keto on-the-go snacks, including cookies, brownies, chocolate bites, bars, fat jacks, and muffins. Fat snacks are delicious, natural, and always free from sweeteners, fillers, and seed oils. Find fat snacks at www.livefat.com. That's L-I-V-E-F-A-T-T dot com. Use the code FABULOUSLY10, that's one zero, to give an extra 10% off one-time purchases. Not valid on subscribe and save. Welcome to the Fabulously Keto podcast aimed at improving health, vitality and quality of life. Eating real food in a ketogenic lifestyle. I'm Jackie Fletcher and I'm based in the UK. And I'm Louise Reynolds, an Aussie currently based in Bangkok, Thailand. Each week we will be bringing you guests who share their stories and discuss a range of topics which we hope will improve your health and well-being. Many of the guests, like us, came to Keto for Weight Loss and have stayed for their well-being, numerous health benefits and because they are living their best lives. We hope you will be inspired to incorporate these ideas into your own health journey so that you can feel better than you ever have before. Thinking about starting keto? Take a listen to episode number two, What is Keto and How to Start? Welcome to episode 173 of the Fabulously Keto podcast. There's just three weeks until we kick off our 30-day carnival challenge at the end of January 2024. The sharing has started in our private group, but you still have time to join us if you go to fabulouslyketo.com forward slash 30DCC hyphen Jan, J-A-N 24. And until the 14th of February... 2024 there is a discount code um use all capital letters e for echo b for bravo 230 dcc 2024 eb 230dcc 2024 so today i'm talking to louise benning the strong carnivores i met louise at the phc conference back in may 2023 She was standing in the street talking on the phone and I could just see her fabulous T-shirt, which we talk about in the podcast. We had a chat while she was still on the phone and since then we regularly message each other. She was a special guest on the last Carnivore Challenge and she will be a guest on this Carnivore Challenge too. Here's what Louise Benning says. It started in 2020, the worst year of my life, which ultimately led me to making the best lifestyle changes for my health. At the time, I didn't even know what metabolic health was. And looking back, I can see how inflamed I was. I'm never going back to that state again. The initial change was in my diet by going low carb, clean keto. Then over the next three years evolved to an animal based carnivore way of eating. Most importantly, my learning journey has made me confident in what I'm doing by going against the mainstream medical and government advice, not only for me, but my children and their future health. I will keep learning and living by example. So let's go and hear from Louise. 
Welcome to the Fabulously Keto podcast. It's fabulous to have you with me today. It is fabulous to be here. <laughs> <laughs> and we always ask, where in the world are you? Currently, I'm sitting in Andover, Hampshire, UK. That's where you um, live. But I've got, that's where I'm living, but my accent is from South Africa. Yeah. I, uh, well, we've had this conversation before when, when we met at the PHC conference. Yes. So, nice South African accent. Not that I can do accents. It's the most difficult accent to copy in the world. Did you know that? No, but it it's very noticeable. I I sometimes get it confused with the Dutch, but that's yeah. understandable. Similar, but yeah, you can copy an Australian accent or American or Indian. People can imitate it much easier than a South African accent. It's one of those um, phenomenons. Mm. So why don't we start with your journey and how you came to low carb keto now carnivore what what led you here initially the, the short version is um i had a call from my doctor seven o'clock one evening at home uh, that i had growth on my liver that they found um during my routine five-year um heart checkup that i've got a congenital heart disease and then they found secondary these growths on my liver and that I had to go for an urgent cancer scan. And um, that was obviously a long two weeks wait. And in those two weeks, I started researching, as you do with Dr. Google. Um, we were in the middle of lockdown. So again, that was very difficult to see a doctor or get out of the house. Um, and then I started finding videos or typing in cures for cancer or liver growths, all those sort of keywords that you would do um, worrying. And then I think the first video I came across about low carb keto was, uh, Paul Mason from low carb down under. Mm -hmm. And, um, when you watch videos on YouTube, it will suggest others to watch. Yeah. And then I just went down the route and found professor Tim Noakes, Rob Sivers, um, Ken Berry, you know, the list goes on and on and on. And I was just, um absolutely glued to my YouTube channel, um, figuring out all these lies we've been told, basically, because I was living a healthy lifestyle with a heart condition. I think I was doing the best I can, uh, which actually I was very obese at 14 stone. I had high blood pressure. I had um, yeast infections all the time I had headaches I didn't sleep fatigue you know the usual story of um, metabolic syndrome it's called that I never knew before 2020 either it was um, totally new to me uh, then I started my keto journey uh, after the scan um, so I was going to ask you how, yeah. how long did it take you watching YouTube videos to start actually making some changes I think it was about six weeks I wasn't sure and I was at that stage also, I had um, surgery on my foot because I broke my foot. Um, I fell over a very tiny step. I just tripped up. But again, I would have been able to save myself if I wasn't so heavy. Yeah. And that was another thing on my mind that if I wasn't so heavy, I would have been able to save myself if I was stronger, fitter. Um, and I wouldn't have broke my foot in such a severe manner where I needed three metal plates and 13 screws put in. 
Um, and this was all during lockdown. And there was a lot of other things that happened during lockdown. My partner left me. My mum died in South Africa. I couldn't get there. I've got three children to look after. My son, who has got um, Down syndrome, so he was classed as vulnerable. And so I couldn't leave the country. It was just all terrible. Mm. Um, but then I think I started watching YouTube videos in the September of 2020. Yeah. And then when I had to have my second surgery on my foot in December, I had to go into isolation for a week before the surgery. And that's when I decided on the 1st of December 2020 that my keto journey can start because then I'm, I don't have anybody at home with me. I was all on my own um, and I could focus on myself. During the surgery at hospital, I didn't eat anything, basically. I was fasting. Um, it was a day surgery to go back in and take all the metal plates and screws out. Um, and again, then I was incapacitated for another six weeks. And I continued on the low-carb journey, keto journey, even though I had a broken foot or, you know, repaired foot. Um, and I was just asking my um, family to cook me certain meals. Um, I was planning it all ahead every day. Um, and so in the process, sitting on a couch for four months, I lost, I went from 14 stone to 10 stone wow. without any exercise. And in the middle of lockdown, gyms weren't open. Yeah. That's but amazing. then growth on my liver was um, cysts in the end. And when I asked the doctor what causes it, they said they don't know. There was no answer. Um, just keep an eye on it because we don't want it to turn cancerous. Um, meantime, so I you know, of all this research we were following, what I was um, reading about, I just discovered that it's probably your body giving you signals of health issues and you need to address it. So so have you had any tests done since to see what's happening with your liver? Um, I'm actually having blood tests next week, but I've had lots of other blood tests that's now shown very high cholesterol, which has led me down the lean mass hyperresponder route. Yeah. Because they want to put me on statins and obviously I won't. Um, so the cardiologist and everybody's uh, very concerned that my cholesterol number of LDL sitting at 13 currently. Um, but I'm having a, a blood test next week to get everything um, measured again, uh, including thyroid function, because now I'm taking iodine, because again, in this world that we live in, of carnivore, low-carb, keto, lion, whatever you want to call it. We realize about iodine deficiencies, magnesium that's depleted out of the soil. Um, and I was heavy plant-based before this because I was oh, it's better for me and it's healthier. Yeah. And um, I wouldn't eat butter. I wouldn't eat meat, especially anything on a bone or with fat on. Um, and, yeah, I've obviously now gone against everything that was told in mainstream. Yeah. So do you have a plan for your cholesterol? As in, how are you going to tackle, are you going to tackle them? Or are you just going to ignore them? What What's your plan? The uh, cardiologist has agreed that he'll send me for a CAC score. Um, and then we can review after that. But my plan is to just keep trying to educate him and that I will refuse statins anyway. Uh, so my plan is to just live this life I am because I'm fitter and healthier, stronger than any 20-year-old female I know in the area, and I'm nearly 44. Yeah. I was going to say you're still a bit young for a CAC score scan. Uh, yes, but because I've got congenital heart disease, I qualify. Yeah, I just don't know what the 
benefit would be of having it so young? But Yeah, he, he just wants to do it because he thinks that he can then show me because I've got high LDL that it's maybe causing heart <laughs> further damage. <laughs> that shall be an interesting scan. Revelation, yes. And yeah, see what happens. Waiting that. for that, yes. So you went to keto now. When, when, when did you change to carnival? It was February 2022 after, and I don't know, I went for a meal out at a curry house to have some spinach and butter chicken or something, uh, dry chicken. Again, very keto, as friendly as I could make it. Um, and then I discovered Sean Baker, Anthony Chafee, um, the vegetarian myth, which is Keith Lear. And um, then I realized that plants are not good for us. And after that meal, I felt terrible. And then I thought, no, just carnival. Yeah. Um, yes. So when we did our carnival challenge in May, you came on and you spoke to us all about what you're doing and how you're living. And mm-hmm. yeah, thank you for that. No worries. And I'm <laughs> still still going strong and I just can't see myself going back ever. I know it's a really... Uh, big thing to commit to say but I just feel that I'm so healthy I'm so fit full of energy never felt like this in 20 years why would I want to go back yeah so do you miss vegetables and fruit not really because um I never used to like fruit anyway unless it was a smoothie maybe but I didn't like the texture of fruit in my mouth vegetables I think I grew to like because your granny, your mother forces you to eat it, but only if it had lots of salt or gravy on it. Otherwise, I wasn't fussed about vegetables, raw or cooked. Um, so now I don't miss it. Yeah. Um, and then also it used to go off all the time. So food waste, preparation time. It's so much easier just to do meat, egg, done. <laughs> yeah. So you're a mum of three. Yes. Paige, Gabby and Jackson. Yes. How does you living your life influence them and where are they because they're you've got a big age um gap between gabby and jackson and also you're also um dealing with jackson who has down syndrome how does all that come together in your family yes so it is it's not easy i will admit but um because i'm split up from their dad um and there's a lot of friction about it and um, I will lead by example for my children and I have shown them that I'm living healthy, I'm fit, I'm always there, able to help them with homework, going out, I'm always on the go. I'm not sitting on a couch behind a phone like most of their other friends' parents do. Um, and I have, I'm just trying to teach them what I know so I don't force them to have what I'm having or live how I live and they get the choices. But as they love me, they always gravitate towards it. Even if I make them sweet corn and peas, uh, potatoes, um, what else would they ask for? They will leave it on the plate and finish the big T-bone steak and sausages or bacon first. Yeah. Um, so naturally, I think as humans, we do like the meat more. Yeah. And I don't force them. So they get the stuff on their plate. The portion sizes are a lot smaller than before because I used to make a big bowl of pasta or a big bowl of rice. 
and lots of potatoes. Now they don't have that big portion on their plate. And again, they mostly finish the meats first and then have a little bit of the um, sides that I would put out for them. Uh, so it is difficult because we've got two different households and when with, they, with daddy, daddy gives them all the sad stuff, take them to McDonald's, pizzas, takeaways all the time. And so we've now come to agreement that I don't tell him what to do. He doesn't tell me what to do and it works. So the kids, I can just keep leading by example and one day they will know the truth. Yeah. And they'll know, they'll start to notice how they feel. Exactly. Yes. Have you noticed any difference in them with higher meat, less carb approach? Um, not so much my two older girls because they um, are just active. Um, I guess typical children and very diet. So I've not seen any difference in them. However, again, on this whole journey, I've been on. Um, and hearing about metabolic syndrome, I then started to realize that actually people with Down syndrome have got all these metabolic syndrome markers a lot earlier in life, Mm. which then led me to do some more research, which I then eventually found some paper online about um, on the Frontier website, the Frontier Papers. And it's a university in Italy, I believe, that... uh, published this paper and I can send you the link to it that says Down syndrome is a, the way they metabol- metabolize sugars are different mm. and that it is this is why they get all the metabolic conditions sooner in life like Alzheimer's diabetes obesity all these things happen to the general population but people with Down syndrome get it a lot earlier and this opened another like avenue for me that I've been researching and he- hence my son now living a heavy meat-based diet with my me. And it his cognitive ability is amazing. He's in mainstream school. His speech and language improved. He no longer needed hearing aids where before he was wearing in-ear hearing aids. And all of this part of the research I've been doing online. And it might sound totally out there and whack. I don't know what's the word. Um, I don't know, quackery, what's the yeah. word that people use? A woo-woo or something. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it, but I believe that nutrition plays a very big part um, in the health and mental health of anybody, but especially with people with additional needs, not just Down syndrome, but autism, ADHD, um, the list just goes on and on. Um, so, yeah. I believe that just keep my son healthy is the most important thing for me right now. The two girls have got a mind of their own and they can think for themselves when they're older, but Jackson's always going to need that extra support from me. Yeah. and um, But he looks he looks happy, chappy. He looks very happy. He's happy, but he can also be very moody. Ah. Um, <laughs> and he's got his own mind. Um and again, this is a misconception of people with Down syndrome are always happy. Um, I think it's just their their appearance is young of, you know, a very younger complexion, even though when they're in their 40s, they might look like 12 or 15. Um, 
Yes, uh, they've all got their own personalities. I, I do it for a living daily. I work with lots of people with additional needs and uh, Down syndrome is one of the highest um, chromosomal differences that people get born with. Mm. Um, so it's like one in a thousand babies, I think is the figures. I might be wrong. Um, so, and everyone is different, just like typical children. Yeah. Just the photos I saw, that that particular one on the beach where he looks really happy. Oh, very cheeky. Yeah. He's very <laughs> cheeky, cheeky and he gets away with so much. Because he can. He can. <laughs> so I guess, I don't know if it's because of Jackson or just having three children, but now you seem to be having a greater focus on children and nutrition. Yes. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so... um how I'm on this journey and eventually I found the PHC and I became a volunteer and the PHC is now doing um, a children's sort of section on nutrition as well, Mm. um, which has now grabbed my attention even more. And I just want to be there at the front line where it's all starting so that we can show that nutrition is causing this epidemic of childhood obesity, um, behavioural issues that the schools cannot even cope with. Everybody's got an additional need these days. Uh, Behaviour tantrums, it's just out of proportion compared to 50, 60 years ago. And, you know, again, online we can go and see the correlation between ultra-processed foods um, and the prevalence of... ADHD, autism, and again, it might sound woohoo, like you said earlier. Um, I I can fully see where it's coming from. These ultra-processed substances our kids get exposed to in shopping centres uh, or shops, Tesco, as that's all marketed at them, and we're feeding them constant supply of rubbish from the moment they wake up in the morning till the time they go to bed um they can't feel hungry we must give them squash give them a treat praise them um give them you know food as a reward or say if you don't eat all your food then you can't have a dessert which is a punishment so we're just using food for so many wrong avenues to a child's developing brain um and again, I always look back at how our ancestors would have done it. And why are we doing this to our kids now? I, I, um, I don't know. I really don't know. And a lot of it is um, marketing messages that we sometimes take to not be marketing messages. We think it's the truth. Yes. And, you know, the biggest one that I have parroted at me by people not in this field is oh but breakfast is the most important meal of the day and I can't make do without my porridge toast cornflakes you know put in there what you will but the kids are having cheerios and pillow puffs and god knows what else I don't know, you know yeah. that they're having um cocoa pops but it's all just marketing it is definitely so once again I come back to the the PHC and the children that they want to focus. And I think we need to start at um, the infants, the doctors at the telling the parents how to wean their children and then take it to the schools 
where they're feeding the children these highly processed carbs all day long, then they get these slumps and, you know, they're tired. They've got behavioral issues again. It's because of the nutrition. But if we can get governments to change policies, um, advertising on their uh, billboards that we see, you know, all marketed at kids that they every every five minutes, 10 minutes, they want something to eat. They need some food because they're so metabolically unhealthy. It's their liver wanting more sugar. Just it's a basic, it's a drug. Yeah. And I want to get the message, be part of this message to get it out there. And I'm advocating for it. And um, I cook a breakfast every morning for my children. One doesn't eat breakfast and I don't force her to because she doesn't want it. Her liver has given her enough energy for the day. She goes to school hungry every day and she's a top performer. So, again, you don't need food. And each child of mine, again, I give them food when they feel hungry. I don't mind doing three, four meals a day at different times because my body is not their bodies. Mm. Let them decide when they're hungry or thirsty. Yeah. And I need... Go Go on. on. No, go on. I just wanted to say that I think other families, parents should see that they should just feed their children when they're hungry and not just keep giving them uh, endless snack draw, reward draw, uh, treat draw that everybody's got in their houses. I don't even have one like that. Yeah. And it never existed before this. Yeah. So what does a breakfast look like for, do you have breakfast? I don't have breakfast. Again, I'm like my middle daughter. I just don't feel hungry. So I normally have my first meal of the day about 11 o'clock. Um, sometimes it would be just one meal and sometimes it will be two meals, depending on how I feel and what activities I do. And it's same for the kids. So every morning, Jackson is starvingly hungry, <laughs> but I think it's a habit with him. And he has about three eggs, fried eggs or scrambled or um I mash it up with butter for him. He likes it like that. And then it will be some meat, either uh, mackerel or salmon or sardines, bacon, beef burger patties, mince, any meaty ones. I give him a choice. Um, and then my oldest one, she normally has bacon or beef burgers again for the morning. And she just has that and she goes to school very happy. So when they're at school, do they eat? Because they've now had a big breakfast. What do they yeah. do at school? So, again, they choose if they want a packed lunch or if they want a school meal. Um, normally, it's a packed lunch. And, again, it's a meat-based dish that I would have had from the previous day or two days ago that I would um, warm up for them and they take it in a flask. If it's at school, unfortunately, it's going to be pasta, pizza, um, just terrible choices. But I don't want to deny them that either so they do get the choice um but jackson is i must admit jackson is the best he always wants meat 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 he just always wants it he wants muscles like the hulk and um that's his aim in life so he loves anything meat based um and then i'll put him in some cheese blocks some greek yogurt um and then a snack he doesn't get fruit and um chocolates or crisps or stuff the other kids get he always gets either sausages mini sausages bits of bacon um so again school knows this and 
everybody wants his bacon always. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking back, I was, when you're talking about the school meals and I was thinking when my kids went to school. Now, bear in mind, I wasn't low carb at the time, but I just, it didn't feel right, the stuff that they were giving them for school lunch. Now, I, I'm not very organized, so preparing a packed lunch was never going to happen and they had school lunches. But I just kept thinking, why is it such rubbish food that they're getting? And now I know why. Because cheap and it's like, cheap. <laughs> cheap. Cheap. And they want them addicted to the food. Yeah. They want them to dumb them down, I think, you know, that, that they're dumbed down. And yeah. so they follow the rules. But Ben, my my Ben, he was the one that was never going to follow the rules. He never had breakfast. And I gave up trying to encourage him or push him to have breakfast. So he went out bre without breakfast. And for a lot of his school time, he didn't eat lunch either. He would only eat when he came home. Yeah. Um, when he got older, that was. But I just, it never sat right with me that the food that they were giving them was healthy it didn't feel healthy yeah they've got the same it's a, a set me a rolling two-week menu and this is where i hope that um my influence or my uh, not my influence my um involvement with the phc the children's wing of it all that we can change and we can have a tick box in hospitals in schools where you say low carb yeah and that just the same as for an allergy where they will not give nuts, you will not give wheat. Yeah. And I think that's where we've got to start is to actually make those changes and get the policies to change where we can have that option because why should people on a low-carb diet not get that option but vegans, vegetarians, people who don't eat pork, they get those options. And if you've got allergies, you get those options. But we can't yeah. so that's my mission yeah i love that i think you've got a hard slog ahead of you to do it but i've got the time i've got the energy <laughs> i'm gonna keep going yeah so yeah children just need real food don't they the heart of the matter is real food and you know we, everything needs to be fast and convenient can we just grab a quick takeaway or a quick ready meal that you put in put in the microwave um you know, there's no nutrition in it and the E numbers in there, the the awful ingredients. And again, I was no, about five, ten years ago, I never knew all these things. So I was that parent as well, giving the wrong stuff. So I'm no saint, but I didn't know any different. Yeah. And now what I know, I feel heartbroken that I gave him all that rubbish. But I am where I am right now and I move forward, just keep living by example, giving them proper food every day, home-cooked, um, very rarely that they get rubbish from me yeah. that I call rubbish. Yeah, and you're lucky because they're young still. And, you know, when you started to make changes, they were even younger. So I think you've, that influence that you will have over them will stand the test of time and they might rebel a bit in their teens and maybe they will and maybe they won't. Mm. But at least they've got the education of how it affects them and what's right, you know, what's right. By the time I came to it, my kids were already 15, 14, 15. Mm. And, you, know, you can't change 
a 15-year-old, 14-year-olds, I think they were. Um, But still, you know, Ben eats more like me. Alex doesn't. He will have his supper, which is probably the same as me, but with some broccoli or some vegetables. But the rest of the day, he's just eating probably Mm. rubbish. Mm. But Ben... It's very hard. It's hard. and But you don't want to cause a relationship with food issues so um that's also very difficult to you don't want to go into that side side of things that they get bulimic or anorexia and you know have a food disorder a food eating disorder um so that's why i'm not pushing it i don't say you have to do this you can't this i don't say any of that but they can choose what do they want you know this is what I'm having. Do you want the same? And who's not going to say uh, no to a T-bone steak or a ribeye? <laughs> Most of the time, they love a steak. Yeah. Um, so I don't have much of a problem. I do give them the choices, which is but good. I don't force them. Yeah. And like you say, you know, putting less veg on the plate and giving them more meat, sort of the meat will crowd out. Yes. Higher carb food and having real vegetables and even potatoes is, I don't think, is such a bad thing for kids. No. And again, there's no artificial colorants and flavors and um, fillers in it that you get in the ready meals from the supermarket. So I'm happy with what I'm giving them. It's just real food. And I buy the best I can afford. So it's not always organic. It's not always from the farm, the grass-fed, grass-finished, um, and it's also all, always. It's not always the just the plain mince. It would be meatballs or sausages that's got the highest meat content I could afford with three kids. You know, again, you've got to think about finances. Um, so I always do the best I can. Yeah, which is good. You know, good enough is good enough. Yes. Yeah. Keep leading by example. Absolutely. Do you think that having a child with Down syndrome will lead you on a path of a different exploration than than somebody who has children that don't have that issue? Yes, definitely. And again, like I said earlier, I've done this uh, reading up online and found this research paper. um, And I feel very passionate about it because the children who have down syndrome metabol- metabolizes sugars differently. Mm. Um, and then recently I watched another YouTube video of Brett Shear talking about um, a mother who has a daughter with Down syndrome and in her 40s she's developed Alzheimer's. Um, and then she went to see Dr. Annette Bodsworth who wrote the book Anyway You Can. Mm-hmm. Again, that she went into keto for her mum with her cancer. But then she also said to this lady to put her daughter who has uh, Down syndrome on in ketosis and she regained her faculties. She could talk again. For the first time ever, she said a three-syllable word in her whole life. She never said that word because her mom asked her about something and do you understand? And she said, yes, of course I understand. And it's just that it's bringing... I know Down syndrome is close to my heart, but it's because of the metabolic issues they face yeah life that i want to prevent that for him 
and that he can live a long, healthy life without these metabolic issues mm. of obesity, mobility issues, type 2 diabetes, Alzheimer's especially, that nutrition is going to be the key. Yeah. But do you, see, do you see yourself in some way influencing other parents or that can help their children? I do um, because I actually am part of a charity called Andover 21, a local charity who support children with Down syndrome locally. Um, so all of those parents knows what I'm doing. They see what I'm doing. They can see for themselves how amazing Jackson is with his speech his cognitive abilities. Um, so I'm not going to force it on anybody. Again, I'm just going to lead by example. And he can show them when they offer him cakes and stuff. At a, say, I'll stay in play groups. He always says, no, thanks. It's sugar. It makes you fat. <laughs> I don't say that. He says it <laughs> um, because he wants to be the Hulk, like I said earlier. Um, so he's leading by example as well. Yeah. So I am influencing, even though it's just local at the minute, I think that it's that ripple effect. Maybe the next person, the next person um, will see it. But I could never influence a parent with an additional needs child as I've got no medical ground to say it. No, but hopefully you're leading by example. We'll but continue. getting out there in front of them will... Yeah. Yes. We'll give them an option, you know, it just it's yes. just about options really, isn't it? And understanding. Giving those options, yes. And not forcing it because I can't tell anybody, do this and it will improve because I don't know. No, but exactly. But if you look at how Jackson was and how he is now, three years later, he, this child is just amazing. Mm. He's reading, he's doing maths, he's... He comes home, he'll tell me about the day at school. So his memory is fantastic. It's It blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, we we don't know. We don't know what we don't know. Yes. So you're going to be the beacon of light that is shouting yes. from the rooftops. Hey, look oh, at yeah. this. Uh, yes. So can we talk about food, your food? So we yep. spoke a little bit about the kids and what they eat. How does how does eating for you, and you said you do it at different, you know, everyone in your household eats at all different times. So how do you structure your day and do you just eat when you're hungry or how does that work? Again, my life is very fluid. I don't have a permanent um, job. I, I do bank staff, so I work between various hours, different days around the kids, school holidays. And again, yes, I follow my cues of my body um, and I will always be, there's always meat and eggs in the house ready to go. And if I know I'm going to be out for the day, I would boil some eggs or I will fry some eggs. I'll pack a lunch and I'll have it ready with me that I don't need to buy anything out because what can I really buy? Um, and you know, it's expensive once again if you don't plan ahead. So I'm always planning ahead. And if I'm at home, it's in the fridge. I open it up and I've got, or I've got something in the slow cooker going, chicken or beef or pork. There'll always be a meat and eggs. There's some dairy sometimes, but it doesn't sit right with me on my tummy. It makes me bloated and makes me feel a bit nauseous. Um, so uh, I would eat normally. 
11 o'clock is maybe the time I start getting hungry. Yeah. And it will be quite a high calorie meal, about a thousand calories. So four eggs, seven slices of bacon. Um, what will I add with it? Um, th- that's normally what I have, but I sometimes have the cheese, like I say. Um, and I like to experiment with stuff. I've got bone broth or a clean protein powder that I will just add into the eggs and make waffles with it. Um, so I just, and I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't get fed up with the food. It's almost all the time the same, but I love it. Mm. And I just don't find food uh, entertainment factor anymore. It's a nutrition factor for me. Yeah. But I go, I'm having fish today because my body's craving fish because I must need the omega threes. Um, so that's basically how my day looks would be 11 o'clock and then maybe two or three o'clock I'll have something again, which is again, meat or eggs. <laughs> um, and maybe if I have on the side, a bit of dollop of Greek yogurt or th- th- there isn't very much. I do drink black coffee and I drink sparkling water, um, during the day, but then I don't normally eat after three, four o'clock. And then if I had a heavy day, I would have gone to the gym and done weightlifting. Yeah. Do you do that fasted? Sometimes it's fasted. If I go 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock in the morning, depending on how my day is going to go, and if I've got activities at school or clubs or work or not work, because each day is different for me. Mm. Uh, So if I do it fasted, it would be in the morning. If I don't do it fasted, I would be at the gym at sort of uh, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock for an hour lifting, but then I would have had a big breakfast before that. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes after lifting, you're not hungry, then I don't eat. And sometimes I am hungry and then I'll eat. Yeah. I- I've it's... got no pattern. I'm just as my body feels. Yeah. But mostly you're, it sounds like mostly you're eating between 11 and four. Yes. Would have started by 11 and would have been finished by four. So um, if I eat late, then I just can't sleep well. Um, and you just feel lethargic and stuff. So I just don't. Mm. So I've been experimenting this week with your cheese. You can't call it <laughs> my reverse. I call it um reverse omelet. reverse omelet. Yes, I think that was uh, my reverse carnival omelet. Yeah. So do you want to tell the listeners about that? Yeah, sure. I just decided to melt a bit of cheese in the bottom because I see a lot of stuff online, and then I. I love love to do things quick and easy as well. So chuck the cheese in the pan so let it melt and go a bit crispy. Flip it over, let it go crispy again on the other side. Add two eggs on top um, and then shred any shredded meat that I want, mince or beef or sardines, whatever I've got, fold it in half and then you can eat it like a taco almost. Um, but, yeah, if you don't do it right in the pan, you might make it a bit flops initially. Yeah, I've had, a well, as you've seen, I've had some disasters. But actually, I haven't been turning mine over because I can't get it out the pan and turn it over. You just need to let it cool for a minute or two so it goes a bit, because otherwise it's too soft and it sticks to the pan still. Yeah. So if you just take it off the heat for a bit and then you can break the eggs on top of it as it is or you can flip it over and then you can choose whether you want to make it the shell, the 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 cheese shell or have the eggs cook on top of the cheese and then flip the eggs with the cheese over. 
Right. So it's all a bit sort of um, As trial like. and error. <laughs> yeah. I think, to, well, I showed you the picture of mine of tonight's one, which was much better when you said take it off the light for about 10 minutes, which I did. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really good. Really cool. I had one of those today because I was working. So I made it this morning, done the cheese, put two rushes of bacon on on it, four eggs, folded it up, put it in my lunchbox and off I went. So it was so simple, so easy. And when you take it out, it's something to hold, like a sandwich almost. So you have it cold? Yeah. I'm not fussed about cold food. I eat corned beef, sardines out of the tin. I eat butter frozen out of the freezer. I'm not fussed. I'm looking at the nutritional value. I don't. If I'm in a hurry, I just want to eat something. I want to go. Yeah. I have got so, better at eating cold food. So yeah. steaks feature highly if I'm eating out because I can cook it in five minutes or less. Yeah. If I'm not going to be somewhere where I can sit and cut it, then I'll um, cut it small so I can just pick it up with my fingers and mm. eat it. Yeah, I eat a lot of cold food now. I do have quite a few things that I can eat out that I know um, is quite easy to grab. When I do get caught short sometimes, um, they've got in Waitrose, awfully posh crackling, poor crackling. The other trick is it's quite nice, I and I never used to eat this stuff. I thought it was a very weird British thing, but now I'm quite loving it, is actually in the fish and chip shop, pickled eggs. Ah, uh, Yeah. I go in there and I ask, can I have four pickled eggs, please? And that's all I have. They look at me weird, but that's all I have. <laughs> ah, interesting. So um, one of our guests, Suzanne Faser-Reeves, is really into pickled eggs, but she pickles them herself. Yes. I tried it and it was okay. Uh, it's not something that, you know, she eats it a lot. And I just think, yeah, maybe I could go into a fish and chip shop and have pickled eggs. Maybe yeah. I would. I'd never had it before speaking to her. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I find, what would I do? So tell us some of the things that you, if you're out and about, on the go, carnivore, what do you take with you? So we've got um, it's, the reverse omelette that you might take. Yeah. What else? Uh, I've got a, in Little's, they got a, I can't pronounce this word, but it's a pork sausage, F-U-E-T. Oh, fuit. Yeah, yeah. Fuit. Um. Because that's just pork and salt again. Uh, so everything I look is very clean. Or I'll take a tin of sardines or mackerel. I'll take my block of butter. I will have a, or a tin laugh of... at me because I've always got a block of butter with me. What's so I think I'm mad. Yeah, I do too. Uh, but then they want take... some. When we were, when we were at um, the PHC, were you there the night before? On uh, the on the Thursday night. Oh yeah, we I went to a restaurant and ate some food with some people's. Yeah. Did, were you with that with Mark and or were you no maybe I not. don't know. I anyway. can't remember. A um, big group Graham of people. Phillips, Graham Phillips kept wanted my butter. It's like, <laughs> yeah, of course you can. I've got loads. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I walk around with three packs of butter. Yeah. I've got my little cool bag in my bag. And I always put my butter in there. Um, and then I'll have this tin corned beef. That's, again, the beef and salt. So, again, I just have clean as possible foods. Um, I will or I will have just, you know, my pre-cooked stuff if I have that. Um, so if I 
if I was to be caught short, I would go into Waitrose sometimes and get some sliced beef off the deli. Um, pork crackling, maybe a small Greek yogurt. But again, it's very rare. Yeah. How uh, easy I think- do, you find it, you, do you find it to find Greek yogurt? Because I see a lot of Greek style yogurt. Is that the same thing? It's the same thing. It's just because it's not produced in Greece, you're not allowed to call it Greek. Okay. Uh, it's the same as halloumi and sherry and port, I guess you can only, and champagne. You can only call it that when it comes from that region. Mm. Um, but yeah, to get proper Greek yogurt, full fat, I think I've only found it in Lidl's. Same, I think they all have their, each shop has got their full fat Greek yogurt version. And it's not necessarily Greek style, but that's the more top of the range yeah. Price, pricey um, product. But yeah, I don't do it often. Hmm. The other thing I do is I, I've always got, not always, but I'll just boil hard boiled eggs yeah. and eat those on the go. Yeah. So it's always eggs and meat in my lunchbox, butter. That's the three main things. And sometimes I've seen people put butter in their coffee. I've tried that, but I'm not a fan again. Um, as they say, just eat the meat with the contents of the fat it comes with. Mm. Um, and I eat lots of different cuts of meat. I'll eat tongue, I'll eat um, liver, kidneys. Um, what's all the cheek, oxtail. Yeah. So all the cheap cuts of meat. Um, I'm not scared of eating it. And I grew up on a farm, so that's why I'm like fine with it, I guess. Yeah. Excellent. I know what I was going to mention because when you and I first spoke, you were standing in the street talking to your partner and Heidi and I had just been up to Tesco's and we'd bought cheese slices and uh, cold mince meat that we were going to have for our lunch. Yeah. There with your T-shirt, which says <laughs> meat on it. And it's like, yes, this is what we think. Yes. yes. Brilliant. So that's how we got talking, wasn't it? Yes. I've got a t-shirt that is based on yours, which I've had made, which says, well, do you know, you know, it says meat and, and on the back it says more meat. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's, that was a good, um, I loved your t-shirt and you found a t-shirt. Who did you find a t-shirt for? For Jane? Is it Jane? Jane, oh yeah. <laughs> the same one. Yeah. You need to look out for one for me. Uh, I'm looking, trust me, I'm on Vinted all the time. So the other thing I want to talk about is you're doing some testing at the moment. Tell us about all the testing that you're doing. Yes. Um, I mentioned earlier, Swiss RE uh, Institute was doing this um, conference that George e- Georgia Eid spoke at. Um, and anyway, at the conference, they were saying Abbott was offering free continuous glucose monitors, CGMs. Yeah, I've got one on now. I got one of the free ones on their website. Anybody can go on there and get it now. Um, and it's a two-week free trial. And I have set up myself a major spreadsheet. So I'm taking every morning my readings. Well, the blood glucose readings is continuous through the day. I can take as many as I like. I take my blood pressure. I have a glucose the blood glucose monitor to compare it with my cgm i've got a ketone blood ketone monitor i take my ketones 
my heart rate variability, my weight. Um, I've got a matrix of data that I'm doing every day when I've eaten and to try and see if anything is having an effect on my glucose spikes in the day. Mm-hmm. And I've now got a seven-day average and it hardly ever goes above six and it's at between four and six all day, every day. Yeah. Um, so I've got another week to go and I'm contemplating about introducing stuff that's maybe quite keto-ish, like a, avocado, maybe some nuts, 100% dark chocolate. But I haven't decided yet if I'm going to do that. I don't think I don't think you'll get any spikes if you do. No, even from all of that. Yeah. It's only if you if you introduce some more sugar heavy foods. Um and when I've had a CGM on, I'll do some of the time keto and some of the time not you know, trying different foods. And then I do get massive spikes. And oh, okay. sometimes they'll stay up for longer than others. Yeah. But I might... they're, they're, eating, they're not keto foods, so they, oh. they might be bread, bagels usually, oh, okay. um, chocolate, yeah, chocolate raisins or having yeah. some, like, some cake or something like that. Then I'll see a big spike. But if I'm yeah. keto, it stays better. It fair. won't, yeah. So it's just interesting to see all this data and that in the, you know, in many of the YouTube videos and online stuff and books I've read, it does say that exercise can spike it. Um, stress or no sleep and I've had all of these events happen this week and none of them has given me that spike so I don't know if if, because I've been carnivore now for like 18 months or more that I'm so stable Mm. and that it doesn't matter if I'm doing heavy weight lifting heavy cardio sort of a, a run nothing has spiked me yet and I've had sleepless nights with my son that I've had a to do a sleep study on him at home and it was terrible I'm up every night hour of the night. I've had a stressful sort of news that came through that made me sort of, you know, uh, emotional and nothing has spiked it. So, but yeah, maybe I should try something like rice or oats or bread yeah. <laughs> if it's and not, suffer the consequences. Yeah. If it's not going to send you into a tailspin of then eating lots of other stuff, Yes, and that's, um, again, I think that people need to be careful doing this because we don't want to have relationship issues with food and that's why I shouldn't make a mental block of never having this again. i still got to live life, but I'm just um, trying to prove that what I'm doing is not detrimental to my health, my cholesterol, my heart, and that I don't need to supplement with anything. Where when I used to be plant based, you have to supplement with lots of things not to be deficient. Yeah. And once I've probably done my bloods and got my CAC score, then maybe I will live a bit more keto again. Yeah. I don't know. I can't say. Right now, I feel great and I don't need to. Yeah. And you're glowing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you look really well. Both now on screen, but also when I've seen you live. <laughs> In real life, yeah. Yeah. Um, tell us about your exercise regime. Is it a regime? Is it ad hoc? How does it work for you? Um, I try to go as many times a week as I can. Um, so usually I go five days a week and it will usually be 12 till 
half past one. Again, it's usual, but it's, it is fluid depending on lots of other factors. And it's normally a weightlifting session. And I'll either have a pull day, which would be back and biceps or a push day, which would be chest and triceps, or I'll have a leg day, an arm day, a shoulder day. So I mix it up. Yep. So I exercise the different muscle groups. Um, com- combined with that, I might do a 15 to 20 minute cardio at the end of a session, depending or my favorite is to go to the sauna because yep. the leisure center has got a sauna for us. Eh? So, um, that's also quite nice to relax. Um, so what's, I don't. What's cardio for you? Running? Okay. It, it's, yeah, the elliptical strider. Okay. I love that. That's my favorite. But otherwise, I'll do a bit of fast walking on the treadmill. Hula hoop. I love the hula hoop. <laughs> I can hula hoop for probably an hour nonstop, easily. I can't do it. I bought, I love it. I bought so, a weighted one. I did a hula hoop class in this spa and I couldn't do it. Everyone else was doing it and I couldn't do it. So I thought, right, I'm going to buy myself a hula hoop and I'm going to practice. I still couldn't do it. If oh, I yeah. do it maybe twice, it's like, yes, but that's oh. good. <laughs> so, yeah, at the leisure centre, they want me to do like a challenge and see how long I can go. And I was like, I can literally just go for an hour or two and it's, yeah, I love it. I used to do it as a kid all the time. So, and I've, I still love it. And the funny thing is my heart rate goes into cardio on this in a hula hoop that doesn't take a lot of effort very quickly. Wow. On the treadmill, trying to get it into cardio on my Fitbit is a lot of effort. So I don't know what the mechanism is. But when I hula hoop, I get so much more calories burnt in a very short space of time compared to a treadmill running. That, yeah. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. I can assure you it's uh, every time. And do you have different settings? For example, do you have a hula hoop setting and an elliptical setting on your These different settings on my um, watch, but I normally just put one is weightlifting. Let me just see what it's on here. I can't remember. I put exercise and then I put workout. Yeah. So... So it's, not, it's not different because of the different setting. It's no. just, it's just what your body's doing. Honestly, and so the hula hoop is not difficult, but it shoots my heart rate into cardio, the the zone I go into. Wow. Far better than any other exercise. And I don't get I don't sweat. I don't break out in a sweat. I don't get tired and I can do it for an hour and burn far more. Cardio <laughs> state, I, I cannot explain it. So I need to ask Huberman or somebody to explain it. Yeah, that's amazing. And so if anybody's listening and likes hula hooping, that's just as good as running. Better. No no Better than running. No, no pressure on your joints. Mm. So Louise, is there anything that we haven't covered tonight that you would have wanted to mention or feel that I should have asked you? Particularly I can't think of anything. I think it's late and we both sort of like fading (laughs) (laughs) i guess um i watch a lot of youtube and i don't watch much else and i'm a bit obsessed i guess Mm. i've I've read all the books going from uh ben bickman nina taishal i'm buying all these books i've got a bookshelf full of them uh tim noakes 
uh, all the books going that's out there. I, I can't wait for the next book to come out and read it, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe my books. Maybe you need to write a book. Yeah, from a different perspective, I guess. Yeah. So how can people get in contact with you, follow what you're doing? Yeah, I'm not that active on uh, social media, really. I'm always the one following rather than being followed. Um, I guess I'm a bit shy and I don't know what content to create, really. But I'm uh, on Facebook, I'm just Louise Benning. Um, and then Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. I'm the Strong Carnivores. Okay. Um, at the minute. So, yeah. And people can come into the Fabulously Keto Facebook group and find you there. Of course. I'm always trying to post stuff there as well and uh, ask questions or, you know. Oh, I have I have qualified with the Nutritional Network as a low-carb advisor as well so that I can help people on this journey. Great. And um, watch where this goes in mm. the next few years. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. And you've got... You know, you're young still, so lots of time ahead of you. <laughs> so we're going to ask you now for your three top tips. Yeah. Be selfish and look after yourself first, because if you're the best version of yourself, then you can give the best of yourself. And I've always got time for others. And um, the next one is if you have to, if there's any doubt, just think about how your ancestors would have done it in the cave days coming mm. out of a cave would they have had their breakfast out of a fridge first thing in the morning probably not no as a human species survive there you go and, and just we're keep not doing very well at the moment since we've had fridges and living in houses we're not yes. we're not doing particularly well over the last yes. hundred years exactly so that's why i'm not bored of meat and eggs every day because my ancestors probably lived on basically that i'm always asking myself that question how would they have done it Mm. Um, and then just keep leading by example. Yeah, don't force others. Just keep leading by example. The yeah. ripple effect will take a you know take place. Yeah, and in the same way that the low fat, high carbohydrate diet took effect. Yeah, we can reverse it just by doing what we're doing, and more people will come into this space. I think over time. Yeah. We're seeing, I'm seeing in the six years I've been here, um, I've seen a big difference with the amount of people that know about it, are trying it, doing it. Mm. I can see it growing. It's just, yeah, becoming the next big thing. Yeah. It's getting more mainstream traction as well these days. Yeah. And it's not the next big thing, big thing, because it's been around for millions of years. So It's always been it, a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> It's just coming, we're getting more awareness and more being more accepted of, accepting of it. Okay. Thank you for being with me today. Thank you. We'll see you again. Yeah, very soon. Bye. It would be great if you could support us through Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash fabulously keto and you can choose the monthly amount you wish. Can you recommend a guest we can interview? If you can, click on the link in the show notes to send us your recommendation.
Would you like to join our Facebook group? Search for Fabulously Keto on Facebook. Our Facebook page is called Fabulously Keto and you can follow us there. Or you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Fabulously Keto. Or follow us on Instagram, Fabulously Keto 1. Did you enjoy the show? Let us know you listened by tagging us in your Insta story or Instagram post using the handle Fabulously Keto 1 and the hashtag TFKP. All the links are on the website and in the show notes. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, click the subscribe button. Reviews help us to be found and reach new listeners. Please leave a review of our show on your preferred podcast listening platform. We appreciate you taking the time and read them all. Disclaimer. The information in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast can be taken as advice. Whether our guests are doctors, healthcare professionals or not, they're only sharing their own opinions and stories and this does not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. It's always best to seek professional medical advice should you wish to make any changes to your current medication or treatments. Also speak to your own doctor if you have any concerns about your health or you wish to make lifestyle changes, especially if you're taking medication.